0: Hi, welcome to Bookie. Today we'll unlock the book The Hot Zone, a terrifying true story. It is a non-fiction about Ebola virus. The author describes the Ebola virus as a slate wiper in humans which can cause more damage in 10 days than AIDS could do in 10 years. How terrifying is it exactly? Stephen King, an American well-known horror novelist once called the first chapter one of the most horrifying things I've read in my whole life. The Ebola virus is extremely dangerous to primates. You don't know what you might have touched one day, but suddenly you'd have headaches, stomach aches, backaches, red eyes, followed by nausea, fever, and vomiting. First you'll throw up red mucus with black specks, then your facial muscles will droop and the connective tissues melt, as if your face is falling off from the skull. After that, multiple organs will fail to work, along with non-stop bleeding, melted brain tissues and eventually depersonalization. Your personality will be wiped away by the brain damage. Some patients will become agitated as if they've got rabies. Others will lose their mind, rushing out of the hospital, wandering on the street looking for home, not knowing what happened or why they became like this. In the final stage, the patients will fall into incessant spasm, gushing out vomit, red blood and black curd altogether some even discharge their internal organs from the anus. By then, the sly virus will quickly escape from the patient's body, looking for its next host. The Ebola virus is like a serpent that mysteriously appears and disappears in humans' world time after time. Until today, humankind has not found a way to completely defeat this perilous virus originated from the tropical rainforest. According to the author of this book Richard Preston, The more terrifying thing about Ebola is that the virus can now reach any city on Earth by plane within just 24 hours. Today, airlines are connecting all the cities around the world, forming a network, and once Ebola enters this network, its damage will hit human race in every corner of the world. What is Ebola virus? Where did it come from? How can humans fight it? The author of this book, Richard Preston, is a contributor for the well known magazine The New Yorker. To finish this book, Preston flew all around the world to interview the people that know the most about Ebola. He even went to the places where the virus has originated in person. In this book, Preston truthfully revealed the story of how humans discovered and fought against Ebola from 1976 to 1993. After publication, The book has been at the top of the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list for 61 weeks. As one of the most influential nonfiction classics about Ebola, it's been translated into more than 30 languages and sold all over the world. Preston also won the Champion of Prevention Award from the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. He was the only person in history who isn't a medical doctor that's received the award. In this bookie, we will learn about the hot zone in the following three parts. Part 1 Discovery of Ebola. Part 2 Reemergence of Ebola. Part 3 Ebola's Origin and Future. What do you know about viruses? Many people know that they are a type of microbe and invisible to the naked eye. Most of them can only be seen under an electron microscope. In medical terms, A virus is a special organism that doesn't have a cell structure. Its structure is very simple, consisting of a protein coat and the internal genetic material. In the bookie of A Planet of Viruses, we've explained that viruses are everywhere in our life. There are a large number of viruses in our living environment, in the air, in the water, and also in our bodies. Some viruses can coexist with humans, but others can be deadly. Ebola is one of the deadliest viruses to primates. How did humans discover the Ebola virus? The story started with its sister the Marburg virus. Marburg virus and Ebola virus are both phyloviruses, and they split up in the evolution chain about 16 to 23 million years ago. Marburg virus was in fact the first phylovirus ever discovered by humans. It all started in Germany. In an old city called Marburg in central Germany. There is a pharmaceutical manufacturer called Bearing Works. Because the company was producing vaccines using the kidney cells of African green monkeys, it regularly imported monkeys from Uganda. In August 1967, Bearing Works imported 5 to 600 monkeys. 2 or 3 of them carried an unknown virus but showed no symptoms. Soon, the virus began to spread among the monkeys and several of them crashed and bled out. Not much later, The virus began to infect other species and suddenly appeared in the human population of the city. In just a few days, many patients died from shock after experiencing raging fever, clotting, and spurts of blood. For doctors in Marburg, it felt like the end of the world. According to reports, there were 31 people infected with the virus, and seven of them died. Later on, Research has found that unlike other viruses that are ball-shaped particles and look like peppercorns, this newly discovered virus looked like strands of tangled ropes, hair, worms, or snakes. For this reason, it was named filovirus. According to the location of its discovery, the first phylovirus humans ever encountered was named the Marburg virus. The death rate of Marburg virus is about 25%. That means even in the best hospitals where patients are put on life support machines, Marburg virus can still kill 25% of the infected population. Marburg virus was an extremely deadly pathogen, but it didn't take long for a more terrifying virus to appear. That is the sister of Marburg virus, the Ebola virus which is also a filovirus. The first Ebola outbreak happened in Sudan. On July 6, 1976, Near the fingered edge of the central African rainforest northwest of Mount Elgin in southern Sudan, a quiet and unremarkable man named U.G. went into shock and died with blood running from the orifices of his body. U.G. was the first confirmed case of the Ebola outbreak in Sudan. At that time, medical staff did not have the practice of sterilizing needles before injection. Through those needles, the virus quickly spread to other patients in the hospital, and then to the medical staff and their family members. The infection chain continued to grow. Following the chain, the vast majority of cases in the Ebola Sudan outbreak can be traced back to UG. This dangerous virus strain from him almost eliminated the entire population of southern Sudan. The Ebola Sudan strain with a fatality rate of 50% was twice as lethal as the Marburg virus. In other words, Half of the people infected with Ebola Sudan had died quickly. If Ebola Sudan had spread to Central Africa, it could reach every corner of the world through the airline network. But that did not happen. For some unclear reasons, the plague gradually subsided and the virus disappeared. Is it because the death rate was too high and the patients were dying too fast, so there was not enough time for the virus to infect other people? Or is it because the virus cannot spread through the air? so it's not infectious enough to cause a disaster? Either way, the crisis in Sudan was quickly over before most people around the world even knew about it. Then, there came the Ebola outbreak in Zaire. In early September 1976, two months after the outbreak in Sudan, the Ebola Zaire virus emerged in another area near Mount Elgin. It's nearly twice as deadly as Ebola Sudan with a death rate of 90%. We will never understand why nature created a monster like this. It suddenly appeared among us and slaughtered humans without any mercy. To this day, scientists are not able to identify the first human case of Ebola Zaire. We only know that the virus started from the Yambaku hospital run by Belgian nuns. One of the patients was carrying this terrible virus and received injection at the hospital. The virus was then passed on to other patients through the unsterilized needles, and continued to spread across and within those families. In the end, the Ebola epidemic broke out in all 55 villages around the hospital. In some families, nobody had survived. At that time, people called this disease the epidemic. To this day, we still don't know which patient touched or ate what that carried the Ebola virus which eventually led to the Ebola outbreak in Zaire. The World Health Organization formed an international team to prevent the Ebola outbreak from spreading further. It was the rainy season, and every village had roadblocks made of felled trees. This kind of reverse isolation is an ancient African tradition to cut off the villagers from the outside world and protect them from the plague. The hospitals were quiet as graveyards. In the infected villages, people waited to die in the huts, which were later burnt down after they passed away. Fortunately, the virus never spread into the city. It gradually subsided on the headwaters of the Ebola River, and the crisis passed. Well, that is the first part of this bookie. Marburg virus and Ebola virus are both phyloviruses. Marburg virus is the first discovered phylovirus and an extremely deadly pathogen with a death rate of 25%. Yet it's just one of the mildest among the phyloviruses. Following the Marburg virus, The Ebola virus broke out in Sudan and Zaire one after another. The death rate of the former was 50 percent, and for the latter as high as 90 percent. Next, let's talk about the second part of this book, how the Ebola virus emerged again now outside of Africa. There is a city called Reston about 10 miles west of Washington, D.C. in the United States. Reston is one of the first planned suburbs in the U.S., a symbol of the American belief in rational design and suburb prosperity. There is a company called Corning in Reston, and one of its division's Hazelton Research Products was in charge of the importation and sales of laboratory animals. Each year, approximately 16,000 wild monkeys were imported into the United States from tropical rainforest areas. In order to prevent the infectious diseases that might be deadly to other primates including humans, all the imported monkeys must be quarantined for one month before being shipped to other parts of the country. For the purpose of quarantine, Hazleton Research Products owns a single-story office building as the Monkey House. In October 1989, the Hazelton Monkey House received a hundred wild monkeys from the Philippines. But within one month, 29 of them died that's a mortality rate of one-third. At first, people thought the deaths were caused by a virus called simian hemorrhagic fever, which is deadly to monkeys, but harmless to humans. But later on, the researchers found out horrified that the monkeys' cells contained filoviruses. The filovirus showed up without any warning in the heart of the United States, the researchers immediately notified the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases. After analysis, the researchers had some good news, the virus in these monkeys was not the Marburg virus. But the bad news soon followed, the blood serum of Ebola Zaire victims glowed in the presence of these monkeys' cells. That means the monkeys were likely infected with Ebola Zaire which has a death rate of 90% or another subgenus of the Ebola virus. By this point, Ebola has never been seen outside of Africa. How did it suddenly appear in the Washington suburbs? Where did it come from? What would happen? Which government department should be responsible for this? What to do with these infected monkeys? And where to get the personnel and money needed to handle this crisis? the situation was chaotic and everyone was anxious as the Ebola virus suddenly appeared in Reston. The researchers didn't know how infectious the virus was, or whether it's Ebola Zaire or a new strain. Almost everyone on earth that knows about the Ebola virus gathered in the city to discuss what they should do next. Normally, there are three ways to prevent a virus from spreading, vaccines, drugs, and biocontainment. There was no vaccine or medicine for Ebola virus at that time, so the only option left was biocontainment. The army sent a special unit to conduct the task that was called a nuke. To nuke a place means to sterilize it completely so that it becomes lifeless. If the virus hosts are people, you evacuate them and put them in quarantine. If the hosts are animals, you kill them, burn the bodies, and then spray the sterilizing chemicals all over the place for disinfection. As planned, a military operation started in the suburbs of Washington in order to contain the biological hazards of the virus. The top priority was to ensure the safety of human lives, second was to euthanize the animals and minimize their suffering, and the final mission was to collect samples for scientific research in order to identify the virus strain and trace the chain of transmission. The other task of the operation was to contain the news. A large-scale disinfection like this would surely be spotted by some nosy reporters. If the operation was exposed, the public would know how dangerous the Ebola virus is and the emergency situation at the Hazelton Monkey House. There would be a massive number of people fleeing the city, causing traffic jams and turmoil in the American society. Therefore, when interviewed by reporters, The commander-in-chief of the operation was careful to avoid using scary military terms like virus amplification, lethal chain of transmission, crash and bleed. He even tampered with the facts, telling the public that the monkeys that might carry the Ebola virus had been destroyed as a precaution. When the operation officially took place, the army issued a command to all members participating in the operation to prohibit them from talking about it with anyone else. The team put on professional protective gears and were divided into different groups. There was a disinfection team, an anesthesia team, a bleed team, a euthanasia team, a necropsy team, and a logistics team. They collaborated like an assembly line and processed more than 450 monkeys that way. One monkey escaped during the process, and the team members had to catch it back safely and then put it under anesthesia another monkey suddenly woke up during blood collection and almost scratched one of the team members. For God's sake, these monkeys were probably carrying the Ebola virus. If someone was scratched by them, they'd be 100% infected. When the team was about to finish, they suddenly found some monkeys left in the freezer by the management staff who apparently had forgotten about their existence. If those monkeys were left out from the operation, the nuke would have failed. After checking over and over again to make sure that all monkeys had been processed, the disinfection team took over. They used steel spatulas and putty knives to clean up the entire building, scrubbing all the surfaces with bleach until they took the paint off the concrete floors. Finally, they sterilized the entire building with gas. The whole building was sealed with tapes and plastic sheets and became airtight. 39 sunbeam electric frying pans were used to heat up the disinfection crystals until they evaporate. The formaldehyde gas released from the crystals penetrated and sterilized the whole building, which became the only literally lifeless place on Earth. During this battle, four management staff at the Hazelton Monkey House were unfortunately tested positive for Ebola, which means the virus has infected all of them. But strangely, even as the virus multiplied in their bodies, the infected people did not have any symptoms. Eventually, the virus just disappeared by itself. Few humans infected with the Ebola virus have survived, and these Hazelton staff were one of them. These people have caught the asymptomatic Ebola virus, and it felt just like a cold. The small variants in the genetic code might have caused minor structural differences in the virus, and thus changed how it affects humans this virus eventually named as Ebola Reston can easily kill monkeys, but does little to no harm to humans. Despite this, the army and the CDC never downgraded the safety status of Ebola Reston, which is still classified as one of the highest risk virus agents. In fact, it might be the most dangerous of all the phylovirus sisters because of its ability to travel relatively easily through the air. If there is just a tiny change in its genetic code, the virus might spread through coughs and wipe out the entire human race. Well, that is the second part of this bookie. To sum up, the Ebola virus suddenly appeared in a group of monkeys imported to the Reston area of the United States. After all the isolation, disinfection, and research efforts, people found that this Ebola strain was only fatal to monkeys, but almost harmless to humans. This newly emerged virus was named Ebola Reston. You might ask now that we've already seen several Ebola outbreaks, will the Ebola virus appear again in the human world? Now let's talk about the third part of this bookie the origin and future of Ebola virus. Researchers found that there is only one place in the world that two patients of the Marburg virus had both visited, that is the Kitam Cave on Mount Elgin. Does that sound familiar? Yes, both Ebola Sudan and Ebola Zaire broke out near Mount Elgin. In 1986, Ebola expert Eugene Johnson convinced the U.S. Army to sponsor an official expedition to Kytum Cave. Wearing professional protective gears, the expedition team collected 30,000 to 70,000 biting insects, trapped hundreds of birds, rodents, hyraxes, and bats, took blood samples of the local people, and examined their medical records. However, to their disappointment, There was no trace of Ebola virus in all the collected blood and tissue samples. The expedition found nothing. The only thing they know for sure is that the origin of Marburg virus and Ebola virus must be near Mount Elgin. The road to Mount Elgin is a segment of the Kinshasa Highway, and some call it the AIDS Highway. When the AIDS outbreak spread from Africa to all over the world, the virus traveled along this highway. In the 1960s, it became a lucrative new business in Africa to export primates to developed countries for medical research. The local people captured and domesticated a large number of monkeys, and some of them carried rare viruses. By keeping different types of monkeys in the same place, the business created the perfect environment for the outbreak and mutation of cross-species viruses. The human immunodeficiency virus or HIV was created in such an environment. And later on, It traveled from Africa to the entire world through the Kinshasa Highway. Will Ebola virus travel the world through this road just like HIV? When AIDS appeared, there was no warning. The experts and scholars that first discovered HIV believed that it had little impact on humans and there was no need to study it. Now, this virus has been wildly spreading all over the world, and there is no drug that can cure it completely. Similarly the Ebola virus emerged without any alarm. In 1976, it suddenly appeared in Sudan and turned a hospital into a morgue. Until 2013, a total of 27 Ebola outbreaks were reported worldwide, mainly in the remote rural areas in Africa. In 2014, after Ebola broke out in Guinea West Africa, it spread to Europe and the United States through the airlines. Finally, humans realized that a crisis was coming, and countries around the world began to take actions. They brought all kinds of help to West Africa, including equipment, personnel, and technology. Many countries sent medical teams, built quarantine centers and laboratories, and participated in patients' treatment, transmission monitoring, and virus testing. In November 2019, the first Ebola vaccine was produced by the United States and successfully went to market in the European Union. This was the first time that humans had some levels of protection against Ebola. But until now, there is no medicine that can cure Ebola. Will Ebola spread across the world in the future? If the outbreak happens in multiple regions, how much damage would it cause? No one can predict where Ebola might go in the future, but its origin is clear. The virus is the result of human destruction of the tropical ecosystem. The deadly viruses such as AIDS, Marburg, and Ebola all came from the tropical rainforest, which is the habitat of a huge number of wild animals and plants. Because all living things there carry viruses, tropical rainforests are also the largest virus reservoir in the world. Even though human beings have long known about the terrifying Ebola virus and fought hard against it, we still failed to stop the virus from breaking out repeatedly. Perhaps as Preston said, in a sense, the earth is mounting an immune response against the human species. Maybe the biosphere doesn't like accommodating five billion human beings that are constantly reproducing themselves like cancer cells. Humans have been extracting endless resources from nature, while destroying the biosphere around us. Now it's started to fight back. Nature has its own ways of balancing itself, and the rainforest has its own defense mechanism. Perhaps the viruses from tropical rainforest are the immune system of Earth. They've detected human activities and started to fight back. Perhaps, the Earth is trying to get rid of the infection caused by the human parasites. We don't know what kind of virus will appear next time, nor do we know when, but the only thing we know for sure is that the virus will come back again. Now we've finished the book The Hot Zone, A Terrifying True Story. Let's make a brief review. First, we learned about how Ebola was discovered. The Marburg virus outbreak in August 1967 was the first time when humans discovered filovirus, whose shape was different from other previously discovered viruses. Then, in 1976, another virus in the filovirus family was discovered as Ebola Sudan and Ebola Zaire broke out in Africa one after another. The former strain can kill half of the infected patients. And the latter has a death rate of ninety percent. Then we talked about the reemergence of Ebola in Reston, United States in nineteen eighty nine which again brought panic and disaster. Fortunately, the new Ebola virus, which seems to be able to spread through the air, was only fatal to monkeys and did little to no harm to humans. But if the virus ever mutates, Ebola reston might be able to easily eliminate the entire human race through coughs. Finally. We learned that Ebola virus might have emerged because humans have been destroying the tropical rainforest and damaging the ecosystem there. The virus outbreaks that have been killing humans might just be the immune system of the Earth, which was trying to protect itself from those damages. Till this day, the Ebola virus continues to break out sporadically in many parts of Africa as a result of the destructed tropical rainforest biosphere. Will Ebola spread to the entire world in the future? No one knows the answer. It's time for us humans to reflect on the environmental damage we have done and think about how to protect the rainforest and other ecosystems on earth. This will become one of the most important issues for humans in this century. This is the key content of the book The Hot Zone A Terrifying True Story. See you next time.